Welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions. And today's question is... What are you doing in my swamp? God, I had to. I had to. That's you had so to. okay. You had to. My at my actual question for today's <laughs> episode. How did we get here? I how, how did we go on? Go on. No, I ju- I had the same question. I'm not joking. I did take notes on. I I have I have a Google Docs pulled up, and that is one of the questions Good. I have here. Is what happened? <laughs> Uh, now money whoa. money <laughs> well, okay. money happened gonna, that's it, literally it the color of I, shrek's skin i want i want to say this up front and this is kind of like a big blanket statement for a lot of our episodes here at movie the musical we know these shows were made for money like that's Absolutely. just like inherent like mm-hmm. broadway as it exists is like sheer theatrical capitalism. Like that's not something like we just have, that is a given for everything yeah. we discuss. And we know that money is going to be a driving factor. I mean, that it, if you're adapting a film into a show, nine times out of 10, it's ba- you're banking on brand recognition anyway. Of course. Nobody like was that- like, nobody was like, I would love to pay homage. But, so, but and, and we're from gonna, the bottom of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and we're gonna get into this a little later with, and I'll you'll, you'll find out why with an example that I'm gonna use. But like, obviously, money is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But there can be some good things that obviously, like with, there are obviously good musicals that can be made out of films. There are there are many of them are going to come up throughout our discussions uh, over the coming however many episodes we end up doing of this podcast. Um, so that's just, in. Inha- I just want to let that know that that I'm aware of that. Like, I like obviously money is <laughs> yeah. the bottom line. That's not even like but a hot take. There's just like some it's cut not a vegetables. Hot take. It's, it's, it's <laughs> arguably the like, the, like an embedded thesis within this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But even, but even beyond money, how did we get here? And to, uh, 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 yeah, that's the question we're at. As always, uh, producer Bran Moorhead is here. Uh, hi, Bran. Hi, Bran. Hello. Uh, and today's guest, my goodness, uh, they are a writer and actor, a person who believes in ghosts, yeah. and they write pretty good fan fiction. Um, they have written a wonderful book of poetry called Crown Noble, that you can get through button poetry. Friends, Bianca Phipps is here. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> so, I, I, now, a little backstory. Oh, and of, co- and of course, of course, today we are talking about the 2001 film, Shrek, mm-hmm. directed by Andrew Adamson and Vicky Jensen, and of course, its subsequent musical adaptation, the 2008 musical, Shrek the Musical, with lyri- book and lyrics by David Lindsay Abair, and music by Pulitzer Prize nominee, two-time <laughs> Pulitzer Prize nominee, 
And pull all Dave, uh, Ginny to sorry. And Dave, I forgot David Lindsay Abair also has a bullet to my yes. God. Um, we'll That's the that. first, the first bullet point I have on my list is I'm sorry, comma, all caps. David Lindsay Abair wrote this question Hell mark, yeah. question mark, question well, mark. Wrote is in a lot of heavy quotations. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So, so a little backstory. Shrek mm. was not on my original season one slate for this show. Um, it just was. I knew. Obviously, I knew it was going to come up. Sure. But it just wasn't on there. And I was speaking with, uh, spoiler, future guest, uh, Catherine Miller. Uh, <gasps> they'll be coming on for a later show. Um, and we were talking about it. And we were just talking about the podcast. And they were like, why isn't Bianca coming on to talk about Shrek? Be- and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, you're right. Um I am honored. (laughs) So I want to thank Catherine Miller for planting that uh, seed in my brain. Um, Because obviously, so Bianca... Your Shrek... Oh, I messed it up. I was going to say your Shrekutation precedes you. Precedes me in my Shrekutation. Good joke. Glad you got it in there. Horrible execution. Yay, good joke. Horrible execution. That was good. Uh, I would also like to thank Catherine Miller just for general existence, but also for... For giving the plug uh, to bring me to bring me on here, I'm very uh, <laughs> so so Bianca outside, outside of the brand. outside of being just a wonderfully compelling performer and a really beautiful poet, I'm um, like Stop. genuinely. Um, Thank you. You are someone uh, alongside that genuine just like talent. Um, you are someone who genuinely enjoys the 2001 animated film Shrek. Is this true? A hundred percent. Great. Absolutely. Um, now, how? C- is there an origin story for this? Like, talk, walk us through this. Talk us through this. <laughs> okay, so so picture this, right? Uh, it's uh, it's 2001. Uh, my parents' marriage is on the rocks. Um, it's my father's weekend with his kids, and he's like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go to the movies. Uh, and uh, as as all dads do with their kids who are divorced uh, on dad's weekend, so we went and we saw the movie Shrek. Uh, and I think at the same time, both my brother Stephen and I were like, yeah. Yeah, this is something that we're just going to latch on to maybe for the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, and then it just sort of devolved from there. And my so my brother is one of those was one of those kids who um, who would watch movies on repeat all the time. Just okay. I don't know, for like the comfort of thing. I'm sure it's like a trauma response or something. Um, and this was one of the movies that he watched uh, for probably like two or three weeks straight. Like, no joke, like, put the VHS in, watch the whole movie, would rewind it, and then start over. Sure. Um, so I, was, I, I wasn't kidding. I do actually know every single word to this movie and found that out while I was watching it yesterday because the, I would, I, without, God spoke through me to quote along with this film. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, against my will. I was, like, like, like <laughs> inflections I, I, and all. I can already tell this this episode's going to be chaotic. Um, 100%. <laughs> because now I'm... Bran, Bran, I think you brought this up. Uh, Bran, what, how do you feel about Shrek the film? Uh, I would say it is a, a seminal piece of Americana um, <laughs> that defines Thank you. the pre-9-11 era pretty well. Even yes. though it came out like right around it, but it was like, it's like the definitive. It end. was before. It is, Beauty. it is technically pre. It, is, it still sits there. Um, God, you're so right. Oh, God. Also, weirdly enough, my parents were going through divorce right when this movie came out. See? And so maybe there's something to say. Speaking of Americana. <laughs> Uh, it's American as divorce and apple pie and Amen. ogres in the swamp. Mm-hmm. 
I sit like right in the middle. I am like, I have so many complicated feelings just like watching this film. <laughs> Bianca, uh, Bianca's face, of they've just fallen like, just like blank. Just like, what are you doing? What do you, what do you mean? It's so, it's a, <laughs> so there's so, I'm so worried. I'm like having mm-hmm. this crisis because there's so much to talk about with just Shrek. And obviously the musical is a huge part of it, but Shrek just as an entity, as a franchise, as a, just a statement in the history of American cinema, in the history of Western animation, uh, just mm-hmm. in the history of just like how we perceive pop culture, in a meme mm-hmm. culture, there's just so much to dig into. So I wanna, I want to try and keep us on track. I want to okay. do my damnedest, and it's going to be hard because the movie we're talking about is Shrek. So it's going <laughs> to be very difficult, but I want us to try as we can to mainly talk about the film mm-hmm. and the musical. There's other right. stuff to be talked about, and we will delve into it, but I want us to try <laughs> and just... We'll get to Shrek 2. I know we'll get to Shrek 2. We, okay, we, we will. We will, but... But, but I... I, I respect a rubric, okay? I understand a syllabus well, but we these are the two things that we need to talk about. We can st- we will try our damn to, to stay there. And when and hey, I, the musical pulls from all the movies, I so, you know <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, we'll we'll get into it. Um, so Shrek the film is based on a children's book. Um, I didn't know that. Are you fucking kidding me, Bianca? You're dropping, here's the thing, you're dropping some serious Shrek lore on me right now, Ben. You, I did not know that it was based on a children's book. You've sat with this film for, like, over, a, over two decades. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think I was like, you know what I want to do today? Deep dive into the Wikipedia of Shrek. No, I don't want to learn any of its mysteries. Okay, I just so, want it to exist. <laughs> here's what's up. So Shrek is based on a children's book by William... What is, what is this lovely man's name? William Ste- Steeg. <laughs> William Steeg. Um, the book is called Shrek. I believe there's an exclamation point. I believe, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Like a declaration. Shrek! Um, and it's, the book is fascinating. Um, I should have I should have had um, the original character drawing like as my background. Oh um, I mean, it looks God. like him. It is, it's a green fellow with those weird right. little ears. Um, and he's in like very patchy clothes, like he's, uh, I'm gonna like show it to the camera and it's gonna look really, really, really silly, but that's, uh, the light and bounce is terrible, like that's, that's Shrek. That's Shrek. You can't see it at all, my god, oh I zoomed in, why, that's a lot, yeah, you can kind of see it-ish, like not at all. Um, it, I've seen if that. Just, if, yeah, standing at the foot of my bed before. I'm familiar. He, with he's the an look. ugly fellow, um, <laughs> which is a part of it, right? He like he's he's proud to not be attractive, though. The movie, I don't know, he's kind of a cutie. He, hey, an argument could be made. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are people who are sexually attracted to Shrek. Again, Rule another half. So either way, so it's based on a book. Here's what happens in the book. Oh, Shrek's an ogre. He Classic. gets kicked out of his swamp by his parents. Mm-hmm. When he's like an old guy, like he's like a like he's like late twenties, they kick him out of his, uh, kick him out of the swamp. He wanders around. He wanders around. 
he finds a witch who tells him to find a princess. She, she tells him, you're going to find this, you're going to find a donkey. So a donkey was an integral part of Shrek. From the get, they yes. were like, this man needs his ass. <laughs> just so they could make that joke. Yeah, just so you could make and that just so joke. I could make that joke. Yeah, it's all go. about it's all about lineage. It's all cyclical. Um, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I'm already losing my mind. There's a donkey. Mm-hmm. He has to say the magic words to the donkey. Uh, Bianca, can you guess what the magic words are that Shrek has to say to this donkey? You'll never. Uh, I will give you. I give you twenty <laughs> guesses, and you will never guess what the magic words are. Uh, it's not Shrek. Uh, it's not yeah. Shrek. It's not Shrek. Uh, it's not, and it's and it's probably not. This is my guess, but I'm I'm already listen. I can I can admit when I'm wrong. Um, I I think that it's I think that he has to look donkey in the eye and say that um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and you have to behold your own beauty. Nah, no. Nah, the magic word is apple strudel. Why? even come up in conversation with a donkey and i guess like, i guess you don't have to i guess you don't no, have to like you just trick. say it to the donkey <laughs> and then the donkey will take you to the castle and then you'll defeat and then shrek will defeat the knight and meet the princess oh it's like a password for like yes it's, yes it is it's like a password uh, but i'm also okay. like really surprised the filmmakers didn't like try to shoehorn some kind of apple strudel reference no one was gonna get it but you <laughs> they should have. They should have been trying to please ten-year-old me. That would have been freaking. That's great. true. That's true. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Uh, he is uh, an executive at Walt mm. Disney Studios during their famed Disney Renaissance. Because there's because ob- obviously not even like knowing this history, just watching Shrek, you're like, there's a Disney thing going on here. Of there course. is a clear narrative in a subtextual textual relationship with the Disney films. Yeah. And They're like, so Je- I think that these movies would be better if somebody could make a thousand fart jokes. <sighs> exactly. So Jeffrey Katz, um, and so he was trying, I mean, he did, he, he was around when these Disney Renaissance films were getting made, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, etc., etc. Like he was there, but he was, some could argue that he was taking a little bit more credit and he then was warranted. Um, Classic. He, he was in a competition with Michael Eisner to take over the company. Michael Eisner took over the company, and they let go, let Katzenberg go. Cut him loose. Dude was dude was bitter, and so with uh, fellow entertainment moguls David Geffen and Steven Spielberg, they created DreamWorks SKG. And and Jeffrey was like, Wig, you know, you see what Disney's doing? Hey. We're going to take them on. We're going to fucking knock them down a peg. They're going to they, they're gonna try and release this Pixar movie about bugs? I don't gonna, think so. We're going to release, release one about ants. With How's Woody that? Allen. It holds up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It is wild. The first DreamWorks film is a movie about ants with Woody Allen as the romantic lead. But then, May 18th, 2001. And obviously, and obviously this thing had been brewing for a second. Like, Oh, yeah. We know how animation works. Like, this thing had been in the, in the, in the hopper for a second. This thing had been in the pot. Stewing up. 
Originally Chris Farley. Originally Chris Farley. Bianca, have you heard the Chris Farley tapes? No. Like there's no. some, fa- yeah, I, have, I know. It sounds I love terrible. that you. I love you say, have you have you heard the Chris Farley tapes? Like there's a Bruder film. No, I have not heard the Chris Farley tapes. <laughs> there is oh, there there was a. I bet he's I great. have seen this a Bruder totally film. Different. The thing, yeah, they they released an animatic, um, like an like an early animatic of the film, like just line drawings with Chris Farley and Eddie Murphy. Like Eddie Murphy was in and Chris Farley was in. Job. Um, Chris Farley, very different Shrek. But I would say, yeah. like, I would, like, and obviously he tragically passed away very young. Um, yes. Not Scottish. Not, not Scottish. Actively not. Oh, oh we'll, we'll get into that. Um, uh, Chris, Chris Farley. Um, really lovely performance, honestly. There's some real emotion. There's some, I'm like, I, I would have really, like, I would have been fascinated to see that film. I think it would have been a really, obviously a very different Shrek, but I think a very lovely yes. Shrek. Maybe not a Shrek that was memed to the heavens but i think it would still be a very nice film yeah absolutely um but that's not the shrek we got because the shrek we got stars uh mike myers as shrek um doing now he didn't do a scottish accent he recorded all of his lines just normal just mike myers and then after recording he came back and was like i want to do a scottish accent I, I want to do it all again with I had a dream. accent. I had a dream, I and I, we no. got to start over. <laughs> I had a dream that I used the same character I've used twice before in my career. He was, and he did was it again. high off of Fat Bastard and was like, I gotta do it again. I gotta be Shrek. And they were like, Just like sure. uh, Axe Murderer, too, the dad, is the same voice. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no. Mike Myers... Whatever you think of the Austin Powers films, very dedicated actor, very dedicated comedian, um, was tapping into a type of comedy that isn't really around these days, very broad, character-based, catchphrase-based, but there was style to it in a way that you really don't see in a lot of mainstream studio comedies these days. Um, I saw um, that when the the time we're recording this, uh, the new Kristen Wiig... Uh, film Bob and Star Go to Vista Del Mar just came out. It's her big like bridesmaids follow up. Um, mm. I haven't gotten the chance to see it yet, but a lot of people who've seen it have said have said it has a very Austin Powers energy to it, and that's really exciting to me because I feel like a that lot of exciting. like mainstream comedies don't have a lot of character and style to them. So that's the one thing I sort of got from the Austin Powers. Uh, universe, <laughs> cinematic universe. Yeah, of course. Um, and I, th- and I think that's just like something that Mike Myers just brings to the role to his roles. That's sort of the the bringing the train back back to the station. I'm just like that's Mike Myers is just like that. He is. Listen, we the reason that Shrek is a hit today is because he's Scottish. That's, that's yeah. Cool. He, he had something. He was onto something. He knew he had that dream, and he was like, it, "We got to do this, okay." And then everybody was like, you got it. And now here we are. So yeah, and so everything else around Shrek is just so clearly a response to the Disney Renaissance and a and a middle finger to the Disney Renaissance in just such a blatant way. Yeah. It's really like inexplicable. It's just like it's right there. Um 
no, nothing held back. Like, like, like short of being like, guess what, Michael, I'm coming for you and everything you love. They were like, we're going to fuck you up. Well, here's the thing. Farquaad looks a lot like Michael Eisner. Okay, we and we'll get into this, but I I I just think that the 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 the, the translation of of like Michael Eisner to Farquaad in the movie to Farquaad in the musical is such a uh, and we'll get there, but what a what a what a shift. Farquaad in the musical is one of the most fascinating things, and we will get into that. we will get into it. God, short people—they're funny. Um, oh. so says this film and musical. Yeah, this this film and this musical, which is all about how like it doesn't really matter how you look because it's on the inside that what counts, except for that loser over there who's short. And it's like whoa, 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 whoa. Also, whoa. a lot of lot of lot of fat jokes in the musical. A, a lot of fat jokes fat in the jokes musical. Was, a lot of jokes yeah. at the expense of queer people, which like again feels very off the mark for a musical that's literally about uh marginalized communities <laughs> the uh i'm gender queer wolf that calls itself a hot tranny mess in the musical yeah. is a little i was like thing and later a crossdresser i yes i was like this is i was i i uh was like just so it was so jarring and i a lot of my notes are like why this why this but like um but yeah i do think i do think that that is just uh this is uh, this is very uh, minor in gender studies of me to say, but I do think that it's like very much. It's very clearly a movie about um, self love written by uh, like straight white guys. Yes, like in the in the in the way that like a movie about feminism would be written by like straight white women nowadays. It's very much like we know what we're talking about, but not you. Yeah, you don't get to be a part of this. this the last thing I want to say. The last thing I want to say about Shrek just culturally before we do yes. just into the film itself is that it was it was shown at the Cannes Film Festival not on but not only was it shown in the Cannes Film Festival it was submitted in the competition for the Palm d'Or didn't it receive it absolutely not no <laughs> <laughs> If that the fucking, in and of itself if feels can, like a fucking dig. If the Cannes Film Festival gave the fucking palm door to Shrek, there would have literally been like another French Revolution. There would literally have been another riot. <laughs> well, it did receive an Oscar for the first mm. ever mm. best animated feature. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but yes, and not, and not only was Shrek submitted to compete for the palm door, Shrek 2 was submitted to compete for the Palm Tour. Now that is that is too absurd. That's that's commitment to the bit. They were like, how many more do you think we can Listen, get away with? Katz, Katzenberg <laughs> wants to do what he wants to do. He now uh ran that he was also the co-creator, of course, of Quibi, everyone's favorite app that we use <gasps> oh. all the time. I love Quibi. I'm yeah. on it right now. Quick bites. He's number also number. weirdly in the running to be the ambassador to China. Under the Biden administration. And that is not a joke. That is reality that we live in. Love our country. Love it so much. So the plot of Shrek, uh, it starts off. (laughs) (laughs) So Shrek starts off like all great uh, films start off with a person reading a book uh, while taking a shit. Um, Classic. We've all been there. I, until the age of 15, couldn't take a shit without a book in my hand. And then it became my phone. 
Now, of course, now a whole other conversation. Again, this episode's five hours long. Okay, of course, a whole other conversation (laughs) has to be had about this film's soundtrack, the music in Shrek. I one of my notes is why is this not a jukebox musical? Because the music that they use for the movie is nearly flawless. It's, it's like it's, it's a fascinating soundtrack. I will give it that. Um, and we have to. So obviously, okay. Actually, question for the group. Yes. What song of the songs on the soundtrack for Shrek? Which one mm. is like the one? Like, which is the one that you're like, this is Shrek? Okay, it feels so obvious. But no, it doesn't. Smash Mouth, are... right? It's got to be Smash Mouth. It has to be. It has to be. Somebody wants. To... I can't not. I cannot hear that song without picturing Shrek just kicking the door of that outhouse down. Can I tell you a, a, a fun fact, uh, Bianca? Fix? Uh, please. So on the episode uh, that we recorded prior to this one, but potentially will be released after this one, uh, "Smiles of a Summer Night" and all of my music. Um, I re- I revealed in that episode that I walked uh, down the aisle at my wedding uh, to Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George, uh, played uh, by a string quartet. Um, oh my god! And then our processional, as we left the altar, we had a string quartet, and that string quartet, as we left after we just got married, uh, the string quartet played All Star. They should. That is romantic. Okay, that is some good. That's good shit. Because that song, to this day, okay, so I write uh, this Animorphs blog. I don't know if you know about this. I write an Animorphs blog. Why did I not plug the Animorphs blog? (laughs) My God. I plugged your your published book, but I didn't plug your Animorphs blog. (laughs) (laughs) The blog blog is ongoing, but literally this week I was writing the Animorphs blog today, and I made a reference to that Smash Mouth song, to All Star, because it's it's just that good. It's a it's a great song. It was I I forget if it was if it was written for or just first featured in the film Mystery Men. Um, oh my the, god! The 1990 film Mystery Men with Ben Stiller and William H yes. Macy and Janine Garofalo, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It mm-hmm. is this yeah the bowling ball. Of course, it's the song that plays. I believe it's playing while they are taking auditions for new superheroes to join their team. And if you watch the original music video for All Star, it has scenes from Mystery Men in it. And so it's so fascinating that, like, it is not associated with the movie that it was written for. But for this film released two years later, and I mean, it's it's the door, right? It has to be the fact that he opens that door on the somebody, like, that's... That just set the trajectory just like right into the stratosphere for memehood. Yeah. The years start coming. They don't stop coming. Okay. Back to the rules. Hit the ground running. Okay. Shrek- they were like, we are not pulling any punches. Get Shrek is an all-star. Shrek is an all-star. Get Shrek. Oh my God. Uh, but there are, but the rest of the soundtrack, so you got Bad Reputation. Plays during the wrestling scene. So good. Um, I'm on my way. Plays while they're walking to the the dragon's castle. Of course, hallelujah. I... Leonard Cohen's hallelujah. For me, that is the most iconic one because, as a child raised in a very religious family in Oklahoma, 
Uh, it was my first exposure to that song. Me too. Even though it's about heroin. No Me way. Too. I was so I was raised a very religious family in Texas, so just one state below you. And that was I was like I was like wow. I was like this song is about God. And then I was like. But why would God let my parents get divorced? And then I was like, that's for later. Uh, <laughs> but yes. No, the, the song is about two ogres pining for each other. <laughs> it's literally, it's so, it's so good. And the but fact that, that they don't use it in the musical is a, is a crime. Uh, but speaking I'm so of, glad they don't. speaking of the one song that they do use in the musical is that song that ends the film. I'm a believer. Everyone's, everyone looks so mad right now. <laughs> um, we'll get, okay, well, that's musical talk. Again, that's again. musical talk. We'll get into it. We'll get there. So, Shrek lives on a swamp. Um, he he's gross. He's he bathes in the mud. He eats animals and bugs and gross yeah. stuff. Um, and I love that this film has the audacity to open with like it has an opening credit sequence where it credits the main four actors. And no one else. No. I don't like, know the wait. last time I've seen a film that like credits the like the above the title four actors, but like no writers, no, no directors, like no. nothing. They were like, you don't need to know those people. You don't need to know them. You know who you're here for? And it's one of these. <laughs> Shrek's an ogre and he is terrorized by the, dis- the, the disgusting looking humans um, in uh, the village. So... The computer animation in this film. So this was an this was an early film in the history of computer animation. Um, two thousand, not but not too early, obviously, because because we've had Pixar, it won best Pixar. animated film. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna hold, you're gonna hang that fucking Oscar over my head. Yeah, absolutely, I am. Take that, Monsters Inc. We, I don't mean that. I take that back. I love Monsters Inc. It's very good. It goes on my Mount Rushmore of Pixar films. But you can say, you can say, take that, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. I, I, I will. <laughs> the humans in this film. And, and and you you can try to convince me otherwise, but I'm just, this is where I sit, stand, whatever. The humans in this film look abhorrent. They look like <laughs> video game cutscene characters from like a PS3. Like absolutely. And I would argue, and this is I think giving way more credit than the movies do. Probably. I think it's on purpose. You think it's I on think purpose? It's on purpose. <laughs> Bold claim. I, I think it's an artistic choice. <laughs> They were like, these humans are ugly and they think that the ogre is ugly and that's mean. And they shouldn't think that because you know why? They're also ugly. No, the computers just went up to date, Bianca. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh my God. Any, but because I would say like most of the creature animation is pretty fun and like it's, it's pretty okay. Um, Just like the humans, just this. I mean, that's, that was the genius of Pixar, right? They were like. We know we can't animate people. They're going to... We made this tin toy short where the baby looked horrifying. We know that every human we make is, go, make is going to haunt a child's nightmares. So we're going to make a movie about plastic people. Like, that yes. is... And we're going to make a movie about bugs. Like, we'll get to humans. It'll take us a few years. But we're not, we're not there right now. Shrek fucking jumps into the swamp and it's just like, <laughs> here you go! Shrek was like, somebody, we're in! Show me those uggos. And I um, love it. Um, anyways, but then we learn that the fairy tale creatures are being rounded up and sent to the swamp 
Um, it's really cruel. Um, you have the little uh, baby bear separated from Mama Bear and Papa Bear. In Okay, I will say, I will concede to this film, a lot of great jokes. A lot of very funny jokes yes. in the film. A film premiered at Cannes. Cannes? How do you say that? Cannes. Cannes. Uh, a, a film, an Oscar-winning film. The first, the first Oscar for Best Animated Film will forever belong to Shrek. To Shrek. Shrek, Shrek won an Oscar before Hayao Miyazaki did. That's a fucking crime. And that... Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Anyway. Also, of course, the, one of the elements uh, that they bring from the book is that there's... A, I didn't even finish talking about the book. I just realized. Listen, it's all interwoven. Um, Who gives a um, shit? They brought the donkey, and of course the donkey is voiced by Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Uh, who, who had just a few years ago voiced a Mushu in Mulan, a Disney yes. picture. So not, not new to the animated film game. No. And I would I, say I he would gives... Say... He gives... Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think he gives the performance of a lifetime. I think he really does his best. No, I mean, this is I, no Dolomite is my name, but like he's still, well, sure. he's still pretty well, good in sure. it. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, no, he, he, he should have been nominated for an Oscar for Dolomite is my name, but that's another story. Um, no, I think he is very funny in this film. And I think he has, his delivery is great. And I actually think they animate him in a fun way. I think he's a very good character within the madness. Yes. Good, glad, great. Great. Absolutely. Glad We're on the same agree. page about that. We're on the same. We can all agree. We can all, everyone in this room, we can all agree, right? Eddie Murphy, very good in that movie. We can all agree, Eddie okay. Murphy. We can all agree, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you, okay. Well, that's hilarious. Um. So anyway, um, he does have a great line that I that my wife loves uh, when they get to Shrek's uh, house where he looks at a rock and he says, I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. Nice boulder. Which is, yeah, yeah, fun line. It's, good bit. It's a good line. Classic. Out of in the morning, bit. I'm making waffles. Uh, yeah, he, 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 I, I don't know how. No hands. Uh, no hands. But hey. Um. So anyway, then we find out that all of the fairy tale creatures have been moved to the swamp. Shrek says, as I said at the beginning of this episode, and I will reprise that performance. Please. What are you doing in my swamp? Oh, that my voice broke. Oh, I was just affected know, so much by passion. the dialogue from the Academy <laughs> Award-winning Shrek. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so uh, of course Shrek's like, all right, well, I'm going to go tell Lord Farquaad. I'm going to stop doing the Scottish accent. What am I doing with my life? Um, well, how did we get here? <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> um, so yeah, so Shrek's like, how do you get to Lord Farquaad? Donkey's the only one who knows. Two of them go off. Then we meet Apple's Lord Google. Farquaad, Michael Eisner himself, uh, voiced by John Lithgow. Classic. The, the, he he kind of sucks for him because he dies at the end of this film. Spoilers. He dies. Spoilers. Um, he does. He gets spoilers eaten. for Shrek 2 as well. Um, that <laughs> I, th I believe I read. So for Shrek 1, mm -hmm. the lead four actors got paid like $350,000. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good for going into a studio and recording a dialogue. Pretty good. I'd love to do that. Um, I'm doing it right now, kind of. Um, I'm not going to pay you. Dude, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, and Cameron Diaz each got paid 
according to according to the thing that I found, they each got paid ten million dollars for Shrek Two. Oh, dang! My God, John Lithgow is probably kicking himself. He's like, why did I die? Why did I die? Because you know he could have been like, I don't want to die. And they would have been like, okay, we'll just have the dragon spit you out. And I know that he didn't ask. This is why you always ask. You always ask for what you want. The worst someone says is no, you stay dead. Um, either way. So John Lithgow, again, giving a fun performance. Um, we'll, I feel like we'll get much deeper into Farquaad when we talk about the musical because his role is just like, oh my God, there's so much to, to talk about. Because there's... I mean, it's because it's a pretty just basic villain role in the film. Like there is, there are like admittedly there are a lot of layers, and they don't really uh, unlike an onion. There uh-huh. are not a lot of layers. <laughs> I, I, I caught it. I got, caught the and there don't really there don't really need to be. You know, no. like he does, I'm not interested. I'm not here for Farquaad. I'm here for Shrek and the donkey, and I'm and that's like that's the journey I've agreed to go on. And if the villain is one dimensional, that's totally fine. Yeah, and it, we'll get into this. But for some reason, the musical was like. No, we want to know more about that guy. That's where we want to spend our time with him. The villain. Why? Um, but he does have a great scene in the film with the gingerbread man. A classic. Classic character. Maybe I would say like top five scene in this film. Absolutely. Um, I would agree muff- with you. Muffin man bit. Great. Golden. Um, don't tell him anything. Whoop. Whoop. Great. Golden. Good. Good shit going on. Um, number three. <laughs> Pick number three, my lord. Yeah, yeah. that's... Look. Is it Thelonious? Yes. Yes. Very good. Um, One of the disciples. Either way. Um, yeah, that... I think... <laughs> That's not true. I, 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 I took notes as well, and one of the notes I wrote was, Gingerbread Man Stuff Slaps. It's true. It's good stuff. Classic comedy. <laughs> that's good bits. Not the gumdrop buttons. That line will live for eternity. Mm-hmm. And so good that they brought it back for the sequel. Um, so good that they just can't let it go. I will get into it in a second. I think Shrek 2 is better than Shrek. Uh, yes. Okay, good. I'm glad we yeah. agree. We, well, yeah, here's the thing. I think, I think that, that, that most sequels, if they are memorable, have to be better than the first one. I am also, I am firmly in the camp and I will, I will go on record for this and I will not back down. I think Toy Story 2 is the best one. It is. It is. You're, you're oh, yeah. right? not a controversial not, opinion. I'm, no. come on it's we can't get into it that's not a musical and we're not here to talk about that um, um but i do know i do know what beat shrek to i can tell you if you want it's i mean i look just looked it up it's the incredibles it is as it should have been yeah that's it, also- it, it, it is incredible uh it is, shrek and donkey gets to Duloc, which of course is just like a freaking uh disneyland's disney world's ripoff joke again like medieval like, times hammer- like hammering it in um, they got the little Welcome to, du- Welcome to Duloc song, which is also in the musical. Another just like, oh, okay, I guess we'll we'll do that too. Another copy-paste, which was like, the only reason this is effective is because of surprise, but you're not going to... I can't. I can't get into this. We'll talk yeah, about I, it when I, we get to the I, because they're cute little they're cute little things. Um, we'll try, okay, let's we'll, we'll speed through the plot because actually I will say, and I will give this to Shrek, the economy of storytelling. Mwah. Like chef's kiss, like Good this thing. Stuff. This thing moves. There, are, I would. There are no extraneous scenes. Every scene in the film has a purpose. Yes, I which would is say this. not something you can say for the musical. Anyway, um, anyway, but yes. So they are. They go on a quest to like 
uh, to find Princess Fiona because, uh, yes, Farquaad uh, cannot be king unless he has a queen, and he has chosen Princess Fiona as his queen. So they are going to save uh, Princess Fiona from a tower. They get to the tower. Donkey has a little mix-up with a dragon. Uh, mm. Girl boss dragon, the original girl boss. Hashtag feminism. I... She's wearing lipstick, and that's how you know she's a girl. <laughs> yes, she, she is a reddish color with lipstick and eyelashes. Uh, hence, she's a femme. Gender is real for dragons. Uh, <laughs> Gender is real for everyone. And I won't hear anything else. Oh, very uh, stupid. Uh, uh, gender's yeah. fake. Uh, the podcast, yeah, this podcast view is that gender is fake. Um, uh, the dragon wants to fuck the donkey. That's the real question. How does a donkey uh, fuck Spoilers a for Shrek 2. The dragon does fuck the donkey. Yeah, they have weird donkey uh, dragon babies, and it's an abomination, and there is no and- god. Um <laughs> He left us long ago. Uh, yeah. Some um, body. And then. <laughs> um, either yes. way, uh, Shrek finds Fiona and Fiona's like, oh, but you're supposed to be like the Prince Charming and the knight. And he's like, oh, I'm an old girl. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, but then they get out of there and Princess Fiona's like, oh, you're an ogre. Oh no! Oh I'm, no! I'm, I'm acting. I'm doing some acting. No, that's really. I'm sorry. It's just been a while since I've seen theater, so I forgot what it's like. <laughs> but they, <laughs> yeah. But they like get around. She's like, "Oh no, you're an ogre," and everyone's like, "Oh, it's because he's ugly, huh?" And she's like, "No, it's because of my secret." Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and uh, she's she's frightened and scared because she's like, "Oh no." It's gonna be you, isn't it? Because yeah, it sucks. It no sucks. other and option. She's like, I want to be. I like. I gotta fit into the norms of what uh, the beauty standards of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, so yeah, and then so they go and they like camp out somewhere, and there is a genuinely very sweet scene at night by the campfire under the giant moon. Um, yes, where Shrek bears his soul to his donkey friend. Um, about like how the world treats him, and it is genuinely a very affecting scene within a film filled with fart jokes and uh, strange uh, anachronistic pop culture references. It yeah. is a very it, lovely scene. It is, and I think that's I think that's part of why the the, the film works so well and why it won the Oscar is because uh, underneath <laughs> uh, underneath all of the just take a drink every time I reference that um, underneath all of the um, <laughs> the fart jokes and stuff is like this like sentiment of like but like everyone has feelings and people deserve to feel loved and cared for except for that shorty over there <laughs> fuck that guy but everyone else in the world deserves to be loved and 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 be held. Uh, it's true. Everyone, everyone does deserve this, and I will never disagree. Um, except for Lord Farquaad, apparently. Um, <laughs> that loser. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you get the fun scene where um, uh, Princess Fiona uh, murders a bird. Um, yes, a classic scene. And then which they kills which they capture in the musical. They do steal. They they do what they can in the musical. Um, again, we'll get to it. Um, the scene with Robin Hood, pretty funny. Why did they cut that? Giselle. Why did they cut that? I was like, out of everything, you cut this this scene for the me. One, for the me. one musical number in the, the film. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand why this This is sick as hell. You're telling me Sutton Foster can't do these stunts? That's insane. This I is do, also I, like, yeah. th- 
this is like the moment where Fiona gets to have like her big, her big like character thing outside of outside of her curse, right? Is that she's like kick ass. She literally just like decimates a group of people. And there's there's a very there's a pretty fun her. matrix matrix parody, which I'm sure they animated when the Matrix came out, and then the film Absolutely. was released two years later. Yes, they were like, write that down. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, there is a very terrifying scene where it's it's. I forget what the song is. It's like a very sweet song. And it's like Shrek and Fiona, like getting to know each other a little more. And then like Shrek picks up a frog. It's a balloon now. It's a balloon now. Picks up a snake. It's a balloon now. And then they just let them fly off into the sky to their death. To their deaths and also to the death of the planet. You can't release balloons in the air. It goes in the ozone layer. We know that now, of course. Terrifying. They don't know that then because they're fake and also this is medieval times. But like, come on. <laughs> My God. Um, but then, yeah, uh, Donkey finds out um, about the curse that mm-hmm. every night after sunset, uh, Fiona turns into an ogre. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Shrek, in classic rom-com style, overhears a part of the conversation and hears the wrong the wrong words, talking about the wrong thing, and he's hurt. And just assumes it's about him, and yeah. is like, fuck her. I, you know what I'm going to do? And then canonically spends the rest of the night marching off to Duloc, being like, Farquaad, get up. I got her, and you can go pick her up now. We don't. We don't have to think that. We don't deep. have to. We don't have. We don't have to <laughs> go into that. Been, but that's what he does. We've been going He's deep like... already. Let's not. Let's not fucking <laughs> go into the like canonical. What was happening? Like when does Shrek go to the bathroom? Shit. Like. Well, we know when Shrek goes to the bathroom. That's how we opened the movie, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, Fiona goes off with Farquaad. Very sad. Uh, Shrek goes back to his swamp. All the fairy tale creatures have gone. I guess I'm alone now, but at what cost? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he thinks to himself. Then we get, of course, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Classic. Tragic scene. Gorgeous. Moving. Lovely montage, yep. We all do heroin. We do. We all do heroin. Um, do. <laughs> also, it must be said that there is, there's a brief scene where we, like, cut back to uh, Farquaad, like, in bed, like, with his shirt off, like watching the magic mirror and you see mama bear of the three bears is on the floor as like a bear skin rug and it's dark it's real dark it's a real fucking dark implication they did cut that in the musical thank they God. did uh, he makes it to the end <laughs> anyway uh then donkey comes back to the swamp and then they make up and trek apologizes they go to crash the wedding mm-hmm. um Shrek comes, a pretty funny bit where Donkey's like, no, 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 you gotta go in at the part where you say, like, I object. And then they're, like, throwing him up in the window, and he's like, I can, and then he's like, I, I don't have time for this, I got a wedding to stop, or whatever. And then he just runs in and says, I object. Pretty funny, like, good great. Stuff. G- good joke, good jokes all around. Um, But then, yeah, we all find out about the curse thing. Um, Farquaad's like, ah, I'm gonna be king now. See, I'm king. That's a I'm terrible John Lithgow. Um, but then the dragon just eats Farquaad. Solves that problem. You um, know they were just sitting around that room like, how are we gonna get rid of Farquaad? And somebody was like, I don't know. What if the dragon just fucking eats him? And they were like, yeah, Golden. okay, that's good. That's good stuff. We'll just write Golden. that down. Sure. Um, so yeah, so dragon eats him. 
uh, Shrek and Fiona kiss, and then Cute. Fiona stays in Ogre because uh, true love, that's true love's form. And it's true. a very, very sweet moment where she's like, but I thought I'd be beautiful. And Shrek's like, you are beautiful. Very sweet. Like, gr- very cute. There's a nice message wedged in within all the fat jokes. Um, real, mm-hmm. real terrible fat jokes. Um, and then, of course, the film ends, like all great films end, with a dance number to I'm a Believer. Absolutely. And the thing about Shrek, and also especially Shrek 2, yeah. is that it sort of, it created the trend of computer animated films mm-hmm. with big celebrity voices mm-hmm. making overt pop culture references even when they are not applicable or emotionally resonant and then films that end with a big dance number it like every everyone like saw the shrek films and was like oh that's how they work and they make billions of dollars i guess we should do that too it is, it's, you know, it started this trend that has, in my opinion, kind of plagued Western animation. Um, we've gotten to a place where sort of like hand-drawn animation and especially like stop-motion stop animation have really become sort of like the underdogs in the world of animation. I feel like there is, yes. a, there is a homogenization of animated films that I would argue lies at the feet of this ogre. Um, for better or worse. So yes, one hundred percent. There are things to praise in Shrek. There are there are funny things. There are good performances, nice jokes. But at what cost? Um, Bran, Bran, I I asked you to to do a little bit of research. Um, because I just knew that my brain couldn't hold uh, a lot of information. Shrek, <laughs> all the Shrek lore. Well, I feel like Shrek kind of blew up on the internet. I feel like it, it gained a life of its own on mm. the internet as a meme. And I just also, I just asked you on a whim while I was grocery shopping, I was just like, I feel like this is a good thing for Brent to look up. Um, what did you find? Um, I mean, I just, I honestly just tried to remember like a lot of stuff from the time. Cause even more than yes, like, now, if you search something like Shrek Reddit memes, it's just like earnest memes for people who really like Shrek. Yeah. Instead of like using him, obviously, like the bad CG Shrek was like all oh, was like an avatar for a long time mm-hmm. for the response. Mm-hmm. Kind of even before like um, Wojak or anything like that really took hold. Like way back in like old forum days of like 2005 2006 yeah when shrek uh well shrek 2 oh yeah that's what i wanted to run down so shrek 1 comes out in 2001 yep and then in 2004 shrek 2 of course shrek the third in 2007 <laughs> yep shrek forever after which they really should have said shrek forever after but they did not do that missed opportunity really missed. dropped the ball there, and then yeah. And then you have Puss in Boots, 2011. Oh yeah. Uh, not to be not to be forgotten in there was Shrek the Hall, a Christmas special that was uh, aired at some point, and uh, Scared Shrekless in 2010, also which was a Halloween uh, special I, uh, that um, I, oh my God. I, that I remember seeing billboards for and felt like I was losing my mind. 
because it's scared so... shreckless is a crazy title for a children's it's so show. rude you the, the implication is obviously that shrek is replacing the word shit and then with and obviously shrek is being marketed to children so are you saying that sh- children should know about the word shit or the phrase frankly, scared shitless it's shreked up frankly <laughs> I think they and, should. Uh, also, also the poster I remember just like for some reason there must have been a billboard in my college town or something because we just like we took this and ran and for like two years tried to replace every curse word with Shrek just as an exercise. Of course, and uh, it works pretty well. But uh, the other thing I remember about just being the insanity of this billboard of scared Shrekless was in quotes in like big weird creepy Halloween font. It says, includes a shrekt out parody of Michael Jackson's Thriller video. <laughs> so, no idea what that looks like. Wait, I'm sure wait, wait, wait. When did, when did Scared Shrekless come out? 2010. Yeah, we were all the looking Obama for Obama years. <laughs> we were all the looking Obama. for a Thriller parody in 2010. Yeah. Insane. Uh, also, there are over 14 video games that have Shrek in them. So, that's obviously me. Oh. Um, of course, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, Shrek is like, do your, do your own, uh, choose your own adventure audience. Cause there's really just a mind of anything you can, anything you thought you saw that could Shrek could be turned into. I promise rule 34 well, disagrees. Oh my gosh. I would it's say that, um, but the big, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, are you going to talk about Shrek is love? Shrek is life. Oh no, you should though. I totally didn't write that yeah, on my list. A I classic. Mean, that was, that was sort of the one that I was sort of whirlpooling around i was just like i feel like that is such like an early internet forgot about that like that is such an early internet just like piece of ephemera just fucking that just like and there were so many of them i remember there was like the one original and then they like they made a bunch of just these dark twisted terribly animated cg fantasies about shrek fucking some dude yes and it's like it's somehow worse CG than the original movie, which is very yeah. surprising. Yep. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. that I mean, speaking of Rule Thirty Four, yeah, that first Shrek is love, Shrek is life, uh, will change your Shrek in life. So it's true. Yeah. We yeah, just Shrek's. we would just say that to each other in like 2013. We would just be like Shrek is love, Shrek is life. And we'd be like Shrek is love, Shrek is life, and then we'd just like move on with our days. That was like how deep it went. So yeah, How and, and so yeah, I, I think we're we're close. We're 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 pretty much like getting past the one hour mark, and we're we're I think we're closing out the conversation on this film. Um, and I do just want to quickly bring up. Uh, we I mean we've mentioned it a bunch, but just yes, of course Shrek Two, which I feel is a much it's a you know on Letterboxd, um, I gave Shrek three stars out of five. That's Fair. my personal rating. Fair. And I gave Shrek Two. Three and a half stars out of five. Wow. I think it's slightly better. I think the jokes are funnier. I think the animation is better. Um, I think it's them- it thematically for me holds together much tighter. Yeah. And of course it's it a- has um, the... So, Bianca, was this your birthday party? Is that why I was at your house? What was this for? You it was exactly probably what. it was probably my birthday party. I was at your birthday mm. party, and I was there, of course, with uh previously uh mentioned guest Catherine Miller. We were just hanging yes. out, and Shrek Two was just on the TV. Yep. And then, of yep. course, it it got up to the scene where uh Jennifer Saunders as the fairy godmother sings "I Need a Hero." Yes. And 
the entire party <laughs> turned their direction towards the TV, and if they were not just immediately just focused and jamming, they were singing along. And it just it Abs- brought the room. It's like the rug in the Big Lebowski. It really tied the room together. Everybody came <laughs> together in that moment, and that's when I was like, I have good friends. <laughs> because there were so many people there who didn't know each other or, like, knew about each other or, like, or like whatever. And in this one moment, this movie came on, and everybody was like, who? And I was like, that's right. I don't have any straight friends. And we're all here in this room <laughs> together. <laughs> and uh, we're all going to just watch this happen. Because that was formative for so many people, I think. Particularly, like, in, in my own personal case. I watched that and I was like, this is, this is going to unlock something in me. And I don't, I don't know what it is yet. But I think it's going to... It's coming. I think it's going to come back. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I like women. <laughs> I see now. I understand. <laughs> oh uh, Shrek Two. It's a powerful film. Uh, powerful film. Not not as powerful uh, enough to win the Academy Award, but uh, come see, come see. Sure. Uh, well, it's hard to beat the Incredibles. It is in, in a lot of cases. Uh, I mean, they're, they're very strong. They're a strong fighting family. They're a strong fighting fam. They have the power of family. <laughs> Which I wouldn't know about. Read Bianca Phipps's uh, poetry book, Crown Noble, yeah. to find out more. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know more about that. <laughs> um, um, and if but, you just want to see the aftermath, you can just read my Animorphs blog. There we go. Um, so, Bran, Bran uh, lovingly uh, expanded the universe of Shrek and sort of gave us these other offerings, sequels, spin-offs, TV specials. Um, there, of, of course, was Shrek 4D, the mm-hmm. theme park attraction, the ride. Uh, John Lithgow did reprise his performance as the ghost of Farquaad in Good. that theme park ride. Um, but of course, the ultimate, the logical end was to put this shit on stage. So, Shrek the Musical. Uh, Shrek the Musical, which is available to watch on Netflix. There is mm-hmm. a filmed production. Um mm-hmm. That you can watch on Netflix as of this recording. Uh, hopefully, it's still up there. Um, so here's the th- here's the thing about Shrek, the musical. Um, mm. It's not great. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, Let's up, start up there. Front. Let's start Let's there. Start two two it's... facts. This is about money, and it's bad. This I, is about money. It's okay. bad. Okay. <laughs> I will. I will not say it's bad. I will. I can say that it's I not will. good. <laughs> okay, that's great. <laughs> but you don't have good. to. <laughs> I will give you. I will give you the Academy Award for thinking that Shrek the Musical is bad. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Um, where to start with Shrek the? Okay. Well, again, thinking about that Disney parallel. Yeah. Um, a few years after Beauty and the Beast was a fucking smash success. Success. In just movie ravaged theaters, the high school circuit. The f- well, no, I'm I'm talking the movie. I'm just I'm just starting off oh, right sure, with sure. the movie. First animated film to uh, be nominated for best picture at the Oscars. Huge, just freaking huge. If Little Mermaid like set the set the course for the Disney Renaissance, Beauty and the Beast like solidified. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a thing now. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get more into Disney Renaissance stuff on our upcoming Little Shop of Horrors episode. Of course, Ashman and Mencken. Um, great stuff. Either way. So, obviously, a few years after Beauty and the Beast, they adapt that for the stage. Huge hit. 
Um, they adapt Lion King for the stage. Even bigger hits. People love puppets. It's, uh, I mean, again, there, we're gonna, there's going to be a whole like Disney mini series that will be embedded in this podcast. Yeah, it's going to be bananas. Um, I can't wait. So I don't want to get too deep into those. But either way, Disney was f- like Disney had like perfected the animated film or even just like feature film on stage pipeline. Mm-hmm. And obviously, all the other studios were like, "How the hell do we do this?" And obviously, Katzenberg, DreamWorks. They, they created DreamWorks theatrical productions. They were like, okay, so we got to do this. So that's the strange thing about Shrek the Musical. It is not only in conversation with Shrek, the film. Yeah. It is also in conversation with just the history of Disney Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a lot. That's a lot of baggage to pull on a show. There are a lot of references in this musical to other musicals that yes. I that I, I ju- it feels so strange to me. I would say, and this is a question that I think is going to come up a lot. I, and another question, again, podcast, we love questions. We love um, questions. Who is this musical for? Who is the audience for Shrek the Musical? I people who love Shrek. And musicals, and that is it. But that, that is, is the that only is a that, that is a anything that's a that's tight that's Venn diagram, <laughs> Brian. That's, that's two circles. The, the 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 circle of people who love the movie Shrek and the circle of people who can afford tickets to Broadway are are boobs. They're separate. They're just completely <laughs> like they're just like not even they're not even touching. There's just I was watching this and I one of my notes I wrote down was like, do you think anyone in this theater has not seen Shrek the movie? Because I I. I don't know. I think that there's got to be somebody in there that was like Sutton Foster's in a new musical. And I think I'd like to check her out. And then they went in to go watch Shrek the musical. And they were like, wow, that was bad. Uh, Yeah. yeah. First of all, first off, fair. Um, Yes. I mean, and this is, and this is going to be something that comes up on our uh, uh, later episode on Mean Girls about sort of, um, if you're someone who has not seen the film, is there anything of value that you can get from this experience? And that's that. I mean, that's a big question. And I don't yeah. even know if I can answer that because there is, again, I I'm trying. I try to be a generous person. I try to be a generous critic and artist. There are some stuff in this musical that I like a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. <laughs> I think we might yeah, be thinking of the exact same thing, but Maybe. we are going to get into this. I don't This know. musical opens with the tagline, the greatest fairy tale never told. And I just want to say right off the bat, wrong. This, this, this fairy tale has been told at least twice. In I was about to say, they've told it. With four sequels. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you mean, okay. never told? It had For a book. <laughs> okay. So there's some, this is some table dressing, some tape, some table dressing that's got to be set. Um, First off, the the show that I sort of I was alluding to at the top of this, um, a little bit subtly alluding to, is the SpongeBob musical. <gasps> did Bianca? Did you see the SpongeBob musical when it was touring? I did in not. Brand, I did, did not. Did you see the SpongeBob musical? I did not. Um, I I saw the SpongeBob musical and I, I saw it in New York as well, and it's one of my favorite uh, recent shows. I think it is genuinely a brilliant piece of musical theater. I think it is fun and joyful and well-written, and well-structured, and beautifully designed, and what Tina Landau, and Kyle Jarrow, and this, like, weird hodgepodge of designers and artists who made this show, their mission 
was to, and, uh, this is obviously speculation, but I feel their mission was to create art inside of capitalism. And I think they succeed. And you can watch it. It's available. I think you can stream it, like, on Amazon. I don't like Amazon, but it's on there. Um, you can, like, buy it from wherever. You can, like, buy and rent stuff. It's on DVD. Um, but, yes, it's a great musical with very fun songs. And the thing that they realize is that they want to take the essence of the brands. Because, again, like, these big properties are taking brands and, like, finding ways to monetize them. Mm -hmm. With SpongeBob, they were, like... If you put a guy in a sponge suit on a stage in the middle of Times Square, the world is going to laugh at you. And it's going to be a fucking theme park ripoff and you're, nothing's going to happen. So they brilliantly, they took the essence of these characters. SpongeBob in the musical is a lovely young man in like patterned clothing and like a, like a yellow shirt red tie like he's got like the outfit of spongebob and like a cute little heck he looks like what would spongebob would look like if he was a person great <laughs> i so, love like, that so they've taken the essence and that's what they were like what would it look like if like we translated this to like a familiar imagine it like if it's like a bunch of kids in an attic playing putting on spongebob the musical in essence and it's charming and it great. works um, in Shrek the Musical, <laughs> again, this, the, the brand the t the brand tie is just so strong, and they can't cut their chain, and they're like, people are here to see Shrek. We're here to see the giant green Shrek, and he's we want to see look. that man. We gotta see him. I, I hope I didn't blow out the mic, but <laughs> um, but yes, we like we gotta see Shrek. We gotta see what this guy looks like and he's got to look so it's that's honestly one of my biggest problems with the musical is it's so literal at least all yes okay. and again we're we're mainly talking about just the broadway production i i'm sure i i haven't like looked into the rights for the musical like through mti i would love to think that designers can get creative control that they are not contractually like obligated to replicate this freaking Shrek look. I'd be so curious to see like a scrappy, poor theater version of Shrek the musical. Bran is shaking their heads, just like- I'm imagining, I'm imagining okay. one where they all play their own instruments and he just wears like a green baseball cap mm -hmm. and it's at a bar and it seems like the worst thing <laughs> I can even- You're telling me, you're telling me that if they were doing a backyard version of Shrek the musical, you wouldn't go, I would be there in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? I would buy a ticket every night. Before I, just, I want I've only. I would absolutely not pay money. No, 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 no. If no. I, if I was, I could go for free, maybe. Sure. I if I knew somebody who was in there, I want to. I want to at least see someone try that because I'd be. I think it'd be a fascinating experiment. So the only um, I've actually seen Shrek the Musical live. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it once um, when I was working in Omaha, Nebraska, the Omaha Community Playhouse, which um, notoriously does not pay any of its actors. Um, Put on a <laughs> put them put on, on blast. I'm just saying. Look, I'm just saying. If you are, if you are able to get the rights to Shrek the Musical and costume those people in the way that you like, they they have so much money, and I know that they have so much money. Um, and if you're not paying your actors, I'm just gonna. It's it's just a fact. Anyway, but I was sitting way too close to the aisle, um, and they took full advantage of those aisles. Like the amount oh, no. of times that people would come down to get on stage and every single time I was like oh <laughs> um it's um it's an experience that was that was um 
but it was not but, made any better watching from my my couch. I will but say anyway, that. bringing the train back to the station. Um, there there are, there could have been, in my opinion, different creative choices made to move away from the literalism of the film to yes. bring Shrek to stage in a way that didn't make me hate everything. Um, well, not everything. We'll get into it. Um, another thing, obviously, we got to talk about the writers of this show. There are two writers who are going to come up again on this podcast. We have uh, David Lindsay Abair, Pulitzer what? Prize winning playwright of <laughs> Rabbit Hole. Um, of course, when I see Rabbit Hole, I think Shrek. I think Shrek. You either, listen, you well, either. That, that uh, mom got hero. Shrek, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cut that. Prize cut it. Cut, cut it. No, keep it. That's would, for anybody that has that had to read Rabbit Hole in college right there. Yeah. That is what that joke is for. Everybody that did that in acting too. Sorry, Bianca, my dumb joke cut you off. Please continue. No, I was just making a dumber joke and I've forgotten it now, so it's not important. But either way, but David Lizzie <laughs> Bear, yes, Rabbit Hole, uh, Good People, Fuddy Mears. Yes. Yes. Um, Which I was uh, in. Ki- uh, look at you, look at you. On Broadway, just kidding. In high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the boards. Um, but also but also, David Lindsay Abair wrote the book for High Fidelity. Yes. Yes. Um, which will come up uh, at some point. I need to double check if that if the musical is based on the film or the book. Um, I think it's based on the film, but I'll double check. Um, but also, but then of course we have Janine Sasori. Um, maybe one of the best composers working in musical theater today. Brilliant human being. Uh, she wrote Violet. She wrote uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie, which will absolutely be coming up on a later episode. Absolutely. She wrote, uh, she wrote, Shrek the Musical comes between uh, her two other shows, which I can argue are the two of the best pieces of musical theater written in the 21st century, Caroline or Change and Fun Home. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, I was like, Janine Tesori did Fun Home, right? Yes, yes. Like, those are, like, two of the best pieces of musical theater writing, like, in years. And she also wrote Shrek. I mean, like, first of all, that's a power move. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. She was like... Well, no, I'm sure she was like, I'm going to use this fucking Shrek money to, like, move the fun home development along. Um, Get that DreamWorks bag. Good for her. Um, And then she also, her most recent uh, show is uh, Soft Power, a musical with David Henry Huang about uh, Chinese-American relations. Um, Pretty good show. Haven't seen it. I like the music. Um, but yeah, so she's back to she's back to serious, quote unquote, serious material. Um, will she go back into the swamp? Um, who knows? Doubtful. Um, hard to say. Although, yeah. although, once it gets you, it gets you, it gets you. Um, but yes, brilliant composer. Um, and she's also written like a bunch of music for like those Disney like direct to DVD sequels. But no, she <laughs> like I she is a wonderful composer. Um, and I would argue pretty good songs in here not all of them not there are them. some there are some definite like these are great songs in this yeah. show and we'll get to them i absolutely agree i i'm hoping that we're gonna land on the same one because i know we one, are <laughs> you, you don't uh you're right i don't i don't so and so the thing is the musical i mean 
it's Shrek. It is like so much of the dialogue is just pulled from the film. It like, again, like obviously there's like structural stuff and there's like some stuff that was cut and changed, but like, and I'm sure a lot of work went into this. It's really hard not to see this as just like a cut and paste job. It's like not disputing any of the work that was done. There's just a lot of, like a lot of it seems to be based on that screenplay. Yes. And weirdly enough, though, just like the weirdest bits that they pulled to like keep in the musical, because there's there's so much stuff mm-hmm. that I feel like if you were just going to copy paste and like bring it to the stage, there's some stuff that gets left behind. Yeah. And none of that got left behind. They're like, we're going to pull all the weird stuff and then leave the good juicy bits mm-hmm. back with the Oscar. <laughs> how many, how many, <laughs> like I, now at this point... Bianca Phipps, our special guest. Yes. I, I think like at this point, it's just to spite me. You're just um, bringing up the Oscar and just like 100%. throw me down into a pool of madness. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, one one more time. I um uh, believe in. <laughs> I can't because I can't. You can't even I can't say it because you don't. I can't. I can't keep saying this because I don't believe it. But but yes, no. But I do think. I just think it's funny. Um. um I think okay. So. <laughs> brings me joy here's we gotta talk there are there's a lot of threads let's start off with this mm-hmm. why did they choose certain moments to turn into musical numbers um because like i feel like and we, we talk about this on the all little night music episode i feel like a great musical especially one that is adapted from a previous source takes moment takes internal moments from a film and externalizes them so you're, and again, like a really great example of that is coming later in the musical, um, where you Absolutely. take, you take <laughs> a moment from deep inside a character that is left unspoken and you bring it to life through the power of song. I feel like yeah. that is usually a pretty strong example of what makes a good musical adaptation. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of the songs here are just people singing about stuff. Yeah, I wrote that down. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of just like singing and walking and walking and singing. I mean, there's literally that the song where they are singing and walking, the travel song. Yeah, it's like, like, like Donkey's first song is like, it's just like a lot of, for me, one of the things that I thought while I was watching the musical on on Netflix was like, there's just too much stage space that they're just like. They're just like getting weirdly swallowed by like these moving trees as Donkey is like, you need me. There's a lot of business. The the There's a lot of business and not enough. Turntable. Yeah. yeah. Just get it. Just ooh, easy. Stop moving yeah, around. Like, don't, I don't know. Like, don't, don't let me go. And again, Daniel Breaker. We are, we are a pro Daniel Breaker podcast. Absolutely. Uh, yes. From, from Crossing Strange. My favorite yes. musical. He is great in that show. Um, he's also the best Aaron Burr I've ever seen in Hamilton. I would argue that he actively makes that show better by him being in it. And I don't think I could say that about a lot of shows that like an actor actually elevates the material. He makes that show better by him being in it. When did you see him in that? He was in, he, he performed it in Chicago a few years ago. Oh, I know. I'm literally the devil. Um, but yes, no, it's so good. I got great. Wayne Brady, so we're even. <sighs> there you go. <laughs> they, are, they are comparable. Um, no, they're both wonderful performers. Uh, don't let me go. Yeah, it's just like, what is that song for? Why? You don't need it. 
No. No. Get Replace it, it instead with the huge fucking fight scene with Robin Hood. Why would you yeah. cut why would you cut the only musical number from the movie? Great. It doesn't matter. Sense. Um great. The show opens up with a song that I quite like. I like Big Bright Beautiful World. I think it's a f- and obviously it's a big old Disney dig. It's like it's this is the big Disney opening number. Uh, but it's not for you. Uh, blah, blah. You suck, baby Shrek. Uh, get out of here. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> You're ugly, so life is hard. Yeah. Which, like, yeah. Um, True. I think, but I think it is a nice song. I think the melody is very nice. It's a very sweet piece of music. Um, yeah, it's a great way to open the show. Yeah. And and I like, and it was like a very optimistic when I started watching this music. I like the moment where uh, Shrek and Fiona pass each other. It's cute. She's, it's cute. He is literally the last person she sees before she gets locked away forever. Oh, and that, that's where they're going. And then he's, and so like on there, I, and again, I'm giving them way too much credit. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe this part was actually intentional, but the fact that they are heading off to their own isolations and like the last people that they see and have a pleasant interaction with is each other. And then it comes full circle at the end of the musical, I think was a wasted opportunity because they did not acknowledge that. Dan, do you know who directed the musical? The, dire- the musical is directed by Jason Moore, who also directed Avenue Q. Mm. Um, and we'll talk about, uh, he had a co-director for the touring production. Uh, Rob Ashford came on to co-direct the tour because there's some stuff they changed for the tour. And we'll get to that in a second. Oh. Um, but, but yes, so yeah, Big Bright View for World happens. It's no all-star. Sure. It's no all-star. But, <laughs> but what be. is? <laughs> but um, what is? But then, and then we get right into the next scene where we get, I would say there are two huge changes that mm-hmm. the musical makes. Number one, fairytale creatures. They have a yes. much larger presence. And by much larger presence, I mean they get another musical number in the second act. But, but what? it is much larger... But- then oh, they essentially they take the stuff from Shrek Two of the fairy tale characters helping to beat the villain, and they sort of tack that onto this film. Um, and they use it, and they use the fairy tale creatures to hammer home the sort of again the message of acceptance that is bogged down uh, by transphobia and queer basing and fat jokes. Um, Absolutely. And the real wild thing is they're in the musical more and you hate them more than you do in the movie. It's It's, pretty crazy. It is wild. And I I was suddenly unlikable they are. So this show did win a Tony Award for best costume design. I'll give it that. There's some good costumes. Definitely. I love Does that count for makeup too? There's not a makeup. There's not a separate makeup. So I think makeup would fall into this. Um, Those those bear costumes are fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Farquaad costume is a clever design, even though the joke is dumb. Insane. Um, oh, bad. It's a very clever costume uh, for a terrible bit. Um, but yeah, so you get Story of My Life when the fair. I will say, the one thing I like in Story of My Life, um, that song that the Fairytale character sing, is the Mama Bear as Mama Rose. <laughs> Yes, Singing. and that's the other thing, is that, is that that song is just chock full of references to other musicals, which I'm like, okay, that is a joke for people who are not here from the movie. That's a joke for people who have season tickets to this theater, and we're like, well, I guess we'll go. Listen, Mama's in the Mud, Mama's in Distress, genuinely funny bits. Like, True. A plus, good for you. Um, Great, so then Shrek comes back, and he, Shrek goes, Shrek's like, all right, I hate this. Also, okay, 
Brian Darcy James committing to that Scottish thing. Really just trying his best. He and we'll just, you know what? We'll just say it. Who I'd be the act one finale. Is that the, the trio? Yes. Okay. Is that the song that you were talking about? Bianca? Uh, no. We'll I, get knew to my song. I knew we were not talking about the <laughs> I knew. <same> <laughs> uh, That's right, the one right. that you like, though, Ben. That song is gorgeous. That song it's is good. beautiful. That is a genuine, wonderful act one finale, a beautiful showcase for Brian Darcy James and his beautiful voice and his yes. even more beautiful eyebrows. Those are his real eyebrows. <laughs> And we love them. We love them, and we love him. And I think he does. He does. He's doing a very good job. He's doing a lot of heavy lifting in this musical, and I think he does. He's doing Shakespeare in that number. He is fucking batting a hundred in that number. But that's so. I wrote this down. I wrote down. Do you think anyone in the theater hasn't seen Shrek the movie? Because this Fiona reveal is just buried in the background of this. It's so strange. It's, it's such so a strange, strange choice. She's just suddenly on stage, but like behind a weird scrim and they're like all singing in unison together. And everyone's like, who is that? Strange and like, choice. I know that that's Fiona because I've seen the movie many times. But I was like, if anyone in this theater, would they just be like, did she get lost? What's going on there? Why is she here? I think it's because they couldn't airbrush her at that moment. Sure. So I think oh. she's got the prosthetics on, but she's not green. Yeah. And she's behind that scrim in a green light because it's too fast. And then she has to start the second act. I think that's fair. Is yeah. what I think. But but still, it seems like it's a strange choice. to come up with some yeah, then, like, other Don't even solution. bring her out. Just like, let, let yeah. this be Shrek's like act one closer. And like let him have you have to be like, moment. ooh, she's a she's an ogre too. Again, because again, nobody's a, seen this movie. But it's it's a hat tip for people who've seen the movie already. It's very strange. Um yeah. Bren, um, you've I feel you've worked in cabaret spaces before. Is who Sure. Is, that's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um is who it is is it okay <laughs> if I bring this up? Yeah, totally, please. Uh, is, I've actually thought about how I would like navigate exactly this situation because a lot of people that um, are regulars and fans of the particular cabaret bar that I work with are very much potential listeners for this show. Hell yeah. Uh, and also, it's just, I've worked at a cabaret bar for a long time in a major metropolitan area. Hell that yeah. comes with it. A lot of experiences. So, no, so, and all I want to ask is, are there a lot of people who sing this song, Who I'd Be? Is it a popular song? Not as many as who, uh, not as many people sing this as single women in their late twenties, early thirties sing the Fiona song. All three parts themselves. Here's wow, the I know it's today. Fascinating. That Fiona song. That's the song I picked out of this musical. I was like, that's a good one. There oh, was a brief period yeah. of time. There's a brief period of time where like we would play that in our house. Like just we like we would be, someone would be working in the living room and someone else would be like, hey Alexa. <laughs> play uh i know it's today from shrek the musical everywhere um and then you just you just would uh and you will and i and i gotta say it goes without saying this is such a cheap and obvious dumb joke but i wrote it down because it's true watching her sing this and like descend into madness i was like i get it because i too have been there this past year yeah I know it's today. <laughs> I'm going to get my vaccine. I know it's today. I will say, like, and I, I I did make this dumb joke on Instagram, but the three Fionas at different ages to preview a fun home. I was going to say, I was like, Janine, oh, Janine, wow. Janine like, like wrote that down. And I was like, that's good. 
That's good. I'm going to save that. Again, I'm going to come back but, to this uh, idea. This is a good stuff. Yeah, this, this, but better. Um, okay. Okay. Interesting. Fasting. Okay. So that's, that's interesting. Also, Brand, to hear about, I know it's today being the, the pop, because I feel like, I mean, again. I love I, that song. It's like who I, yeah, who Somewhere. I'd be. Who I'd be I, I'm going to bleep that. I'm going to bleep the name every time it comes up. The nice. title, the name of the bar. Hell yeah. That's really um, funny. But yes, <laughs> I feel like who I'd be is such like a masculine character actor cabaret song. Yes. Right? Yeah. I would sing it. <laughs> Hero Viking Poet. <laughs> um, yeah. People like that Build a Wall song, too. It's Build very Build a Wall strange. is great. Yes. I, I think a lot of Shrek solo numbers are pretty... And maybe it's just because of Brian. Maybe it's just because of Brian Darcy James singing them. Yeah. He's, He's good. just a good actor. <laughs> um, He's good. Um, I, How many Tonys does he have? Zero. Zero Tonys. <sighs> Should have given it to him for this one just because. Uh, then he would have beaten the Billy Elliots. <laughs> Not the Which, Billy you know Elliots. Which, oh my God, we have to, oh God, that's a fucking episode. God. That's going to be an episode. Yeah, it's got to be. Solidarity forever, folks. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher in hell. Um, in I, hell. One of the notes I wrote was lots of screaming. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of screaming in this musical. There, there is a lot of screaming. There's a lot of screaming, too many cheap jokes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, again, like this musical once, once uh, one of the things I think it takes for the movie is like this like weird, straight sentimentality. Like this weird, like there's weird, like we have feelings, but we're not really going to dive into them because they're gross. Yeah. Um, and we're not really ready. And like, I don't know. I just think it's weird that it undercuts uh, everything about everything about the story it's anyway yeah it's strange but again thematically so again like i was saying about the fairy tale creatures we get freak flag in the second act which again nice song it's got a it's it's got it's catchy um it's got it's got something it's got some a nice hook to it um yeah i don't know there's some fun stuff going on but then yeah it's just you get pinocchio saying i'm wood i'm good get used to it you know classic That's a great line. Love that. Mm. If that's if that's mm. what Pinocchio's feeling in that moment, <laughs> fucking go for it, my dude. Uh, that's what David Lindsay Abair got the Pulitzer for. Yes, for writing that, that line. line. <laughs> that line. Um, but okay. So obviously now this brings us to so that's like number one, number one big change. More fairy tale creatures. Number two, Lord Farquaad. Oh boy, Lord Farquaad. Uh, gets such. Uh, so I was look. I was reading the Wikipedia entry for this page, and mm-hmm. there I was like reading about like early workshops, and there was like one early workshop they did of this show uh, with like four like, and it listed like the four actors. Um, the only actor who was in that early workshop who was in the Broadway production in the that in their role was Christopher Sieber as Farquaad. So he, like he's been with this role, and you could kind of tell. That yeah. they built this role around him and his performance. And it's it's a weird performance. And and again, not to go uh gender studies minor on you, but like no, do the it. Queer, go with <laughs> but like the I, I think there's something so bad and lazy mostly about queer coding a villain in that way. That like it's like most of the jokes are like, isn't it funny that he's feminine? And I'm yeah. like, no, I actually it's not funny. It's make it made me deeply uncomfortable, and like, just such a strange choice 
again against the backdrop of a movie that's like let your freak flag fly but not you little man fry (laughs) fry (laughs) but like it's just it's just so it's so strange they're like and then and then for some reason they're like but you know what he deserves a backstory and it's gonna be daddy trauma it's it's not just daddy trauma it's about child abandonment just like fiona just like shrek it's so but strange. It, it's so strange because then canonically in the in the stage play, he's like, "You weren't a child. You were 28, and you were living in our basement." And everyone's like, "Ha ha ha! You're old, and you were living in your parents' house." And it's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. First of all, the economy is failing. It's impossible for millennials to own a home. Okay, we're so in a pandemic, folks. We're in a pandemic. Okay, a lot of people had to move home with their parents, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I'm not one of them, obviously, but you can't you can't judge people for that. And also. Uh, sorry, his dad is one of the dwarves. Yeah, he's grumpy. From Snow White. He's grumpy. Daddy, oh, he's grumpy. I missed that he was grumpy. He's gr- Daddy, was, he's grumpy. Daddy was grumpy. Daddy was grumpy, and everyone's like, "Ha ha ha!" And I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait!" Because it's earlier- also really weird that it's played by a kid and not another person on their knees. It just is very yeah. odd. Also, like very next to each other. Also, like there are, yeah, like you could cast a little person. Like in these roles, I don't. If like, if you want to fucking go there, I don't know. Right, I just. It's so. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Um, but it, yeah. How about I, when he's in the bathtub? That's a horrific image. <laughs> that like inflatable body that's God, over such, him. Yes. Such straight. Again, they've the musical has committed to literalism in its design, and it, I really feel like it. It fuck them up i really yes. feel like it like it it's like you, well now you've trapped yourself everything has to be literal everything has to like be represented completely realistically and it's gonna look bad and dumb um it's not great um and so obviously we get this freaking like middle of act one showstopper uh called what's up Dulock? It starts off with the Welcome to Duloc song from the film, and then it descends into, again, this, like, pastiche, Broadway, like, like big old glitzy number. Again, like, this, like, feminized, like, like queer-coded Farquaad, like, crossing yeah. his knees. It's so and strange. Yeah, it's, it just, I'm like... Y'all want a Pulitzer Prize. We can't come up with anything better than this. Like, <laughs> were you just like running short on time? Like, were, were there just like a lot of featured dance? Like, I'm trying to think like, okay, if I if I knew that I was writing a musical for a certain like cast of people, then like, sure, I would make a bunch of group numbers if I knew I had a bunch of dancers and I'd write a lot of dance numbers, I suppose. But like, why that one? If you're mm-hmm. like, if when when the opportunity is presented to you in the movie you're copy pasting from to like, turn those big dance to use those dancers in fight sequences that like are made cool because they're done like with dancers then why why this why do we got to do this just to get laughs because it's funny it's not it's it's it's, i don't know i don't it's and listen again christopher seba he like he sells it he's a very talented actor he's very funny like it's even though like i'm not a huge fan of the joker farquad in the film or the musical like he's a he's clearly a very very talented person. It just it just didn't do it for me. I just the, the no. bit doesn't work for me. Um, 
Mm-mm. So then, yeah, you get that number. They travel with a dumb song called Travel Song. Sorry, it's not a great song. Uh, no. And then you get like the little Puss in Boots puppet, the little Lion yeah. King joke. And everyone's like, ha, 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 I get it, because I've seen the other films. And I'm like, that's just so stuck. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, we get to, now, maybe a question. So we get to the to the castle, mm-hmm. and we get the dragon. Now, in this iteration uh, the, mm-hmm. of the Broadway show, the dragon is this, like, big old puppet head mm-hmm. on, like, wheels. It's like a Pac-Man puppet head. Not like Pac-Man. It's just, like, it's, like flat bottom rolling along big old yeah. head and then you have like women in like very scaly costume to like represent like the singing voice um what do we think about this uh this costume like this idea for the dragon costume i liked it interesting i don't okay. i don't think that i don't think that it works considering the literalism of everything else in this yep. in this musical but it feels like a good example of like what could have been i'm like this is this is clever because clearly you can't have you can't have some you can't have somebody in the dragon if you're if if you're going everything to scale literalism and like we have a man in an ogre costume and then like a guy in a donkey like you need this size i suppose and i like the like the the, the trio like because then you get to do like fun stuff with the voice but it just, it feels like a weird pocket of, of like fun ideas in a musical that is like not really interested in getting creative with the way it's, it's telling its it story. Is, it is fascinating to see them make a choice with, yes. a, with, a, with, a, with a character that is, right. like, again, like, like there's some stylistic like difference. It's, yeah, again, it's not just like putting the dragon on stage. Um, I, I think the song is just not good. I, no. And also like, does the dragon need a song? No. Absolutely not. But no. the thing is, they changed it for the tour. <gasps> so they were like, we know this isn't working, so we're going to change it. So I don't know if you can kind of see it. We got this dragon puppet. I love that. Right? Weird. So that's I'm moving surprised more... there wasn't more puppet work. Yeah, so th- that's moving more. I, so for the for listeners at home, um, if you just Google Shrek the Musical Dragon Tour... You'll get a nice picture of the dragon that they use, the puppet. And again, it's moving more into literalism, but I think it works more. And if and you should look up the song that they, they post. There's a professional recording of the song that they wrote. They rewrote it. They wrote a new dragon song called Forever. And I think it's a good song. Huh. I think it's a bop. Okay. It's not like the greatest song in the world, but for the purposes <laughs> of like... I mean, what could be all star? It's That's no all star. Somebody, uh, it's gonna fucking throw that in as many times as I can. But yes, for the purposes of them wanting to have the dragon sing a song, "Forever" is a good song. Um, sure. We talked about who I'd be. I love it. It's the greatest song in the show, I think. Um, sure. <laughs> That's where I stand. Uh, and act I two. and I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, act two, morning person. Why is this song here? Go. Um, they were like, you know what we need? We need to give Sutton Foster more stage time. Cause if we don't give Sutton Foster more stage time, she's going to walk away from this project. She was like, she was like, I could do better things with my time. And they were like, we'll write you a dance number. And again, I don't understand why the, why you wouldn't take the opportunity. And I'm going to keep harping on this because it means a lot to me. 
This mm-hmm. is literally the the place to put in the Robin Hood stuff. You clearly have a sure. bunch of actors. You clearly have a bunch of actors that you need to like be dancing on stage. So just make them marry men in tights, have her beat them up in a dance number, and then have it be like, ah, got him. Golden, good to go. Instead of this weird Pied Piper bit, and then she kills the bird. That was the part they decided to keep for the movie. <laughs> I was just, I just don't, I was like, why this? It is, it is fascinating. Counterpoint. Yeah. Go, Counterpoint. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Counterpoint. Uh, rats on tap shoes are pretty cute. That was fun. <laughs> they brought the curtain down and they were like, these little you know, rats. And I was like, this is fun. It's it's a good point. Again, weird, weird to watch them make a choice in the act two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tapping rats. Tapping rats. That's rat a, taps. Rat taps. That's rat tap That's something. Fuck it. Uh, rat, that's rat, close. Rat I'm, I'm I'm on the I'm on the trail or something. Um, because yeah, morning like I Tapatui. guess the function of morning per- person is to show that Fiona, you know, like she does the thing with the bird. She kills a deer, <laughs> which yeah. again, also that deer was clearly an inflatable, very strange design. <laughs> in uh, I actually this, love that though. It's, again, it's like it's not in theme with everything else. In this, no, but no. I wish that they had been like, really? you know what, camp. I, I do wish they kind of leaned into that a little more, but yeah, it's very strange. It's, it's an odd choice, but again, yeah, it's showing that, yeah, it's showing that Fiona's a little off. She's like not your, she's not your typical princess. And yeah, she's and not your you typical could, princess. And I think you could have esta- accomplished that with a Robin Hood esque number, um, right? Something but then in that the vein. next, the next song. Um, is in my opinion the worst song in the musical. Is this the Shrek Fiona duet? It's the fart. It's the farting song. Hey, yeah. Okay. Look at look. I okay. I wrote down. I wrote down. I will say, <laughs> my favorite form of flirting is making people laugh over how sad my childhood was. That is true, and I'll go on record. I'll say that. So I understand. Great. But the song is bad thank you thank you it's bad it's not fun and i'm like this is boring and they're like my life is sucks and my life sucks and your life is sad but mine's worse and I'm like this is dumb blow up the frog and make each other balloons don't talk i don't want to just give me the montage it's a lot of farting too much farting for my too taste much. sorry I'll, I'll say it too much farting not for me uh and then yeah we get the sad song where farquad sings about uh how his dad is grumpy weird um weird we get uh donkey singing about uh so then we get uh dan the reason that daniel breaker didn't walk away from the the project <laughs> right is, is, is second act number uh again daniel breaker i love you if you're listening to this i love you you're great um I, this song he's is so good he's no and even in the show like i would say he is he is taking the eddie murphy performance but he's making it his own like yes. it is, it is his spin, and I feel like everyone's doing that, right? I mean, yeah, I feel like everyone's taking the character and the performance that they are adapting, and they spin it into their own thing. Fucking good, Anya. Good work. Um, yeah. But make a move again. Not a great song, as well. The no. the 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 three blind mice one. Weird song. Yeah. The like kiss a girl response. I was like, this is. Yeah, it is kind of a kiss a girl response. Right. They were yeah. like, they were like, make a move, and I was like, don't. <laughs> no, don't do it. Out here, don't do it. Because again, like, what have you bonded over? Just the fact that your childhoods are traumatic. Like we've all been there. Sure. But that's why we're all in theater. Probably. <laughs> Both like farting though. And that's true. And nothing brings people together quite like. 
gases. Blue humor. Oh, sh- well, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Okay, and then get Shrek gets uh, back-to-back bangers. Uh, he gets uh, When Words Fail. Nice yes. song. Nice song. It's it, Again, it's it's taking a moment. I, again, because all of Shrek's song, most of Shrek's songs, are taking his internal feelings mm-hmm. and bringing them out. And that's why they're probably my favorites in the show. Uh, same with I Know It's Today, right? It's taking yes. what we know about Fiona and externalizing it um, in a really lovely way. Um, yeah. That's that's why the best songs in this show are the way they are, because they, they accomplish something that the movie doesn't. Because they, they like, tell us something that, that we haven't seen in the film. So, like, when words fail, is taking this, like, small moment of Shrek, like, walking up to the windmill. Uh, is that a windmill? I forget. Whatever it is. Mm, um, so something like where, that. Wherever Fiona is. Sure. And builds it into this very sweet song. Where he's, like, f- again, not a great fat joke in there. Not a fan of that. Um, no. Very bad. We don't just, no, stop it. Um, stop. Cut it but, out. But, again, sweet song. Then we get Build a Wall. Great song. Great song. Sad. Very good. Build, walls, not a fan. We don't no. like walls. We don't like walls. And we also don't like the threat of building them. But it was a different time. It's 2008. We didn't know what was coming. Uh, well, um, <laughs> then, we get free, then we get Freak Flag, which again, we've, we've talked about whatever. Sure. Um, and then we jump. Whatever. Yeah, because I'm not really like, doing the plot because the plot is it's the same. It's a copy paste. It's the same. It's a copy paste. They're it's not trying to do anything different. It, copy pasta. They're not trying to do anything different. They were like, we're gonna write freak flags so that like high school show choirs can have like something to do. We'll, we'll get season. we'll get to that in a second. Yes. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, they they do the wedding. Uh, Shrek sings again. A very sweet reprise of Big Bright Beautiful World. Love it. Lotta, like the the orchestration is beautiful. I will I will I will give a shout out to Danny Troop, who orchestrated the hell out of this musical. Yeah. Um, the instrumentation is really lovely. Um then there's a then they have their like the little finale. Whatever. Sure. There okay, so there's there's one thing that, that I didn't mention when we were talking about freak flag, and I d- I do want to bring course, it up just because just because I know if I don't, um, it will haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Please, the elf, uh, the shoe elf, the elf. Oh, the, the Scientologist. Uh, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why are you yeah, proud of that? We, they, they were like they were like this one's. A, she was like I'm a Scientologist and I'm not afraid of it. And I was like whoa 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 whoa. whoa. Would that be like? And I'm would... not gonna go on record and say anything bad about Scientology because I've watched the documentaries. But holy shit not a joke would that be like <laughs> would that be like if shrek the musical was written today and the elf was like and i believe in cure none yes <laughs> that's a little that's literally it would have been like if she was like i believe in pizzagate like that was the love i was like i was like okay i know that we think that they're funny but again whoa Cause, yeah cause whoa, like, whoa, two, like whoa. 2008 that was like the like the heat of scientology right yeah, that was. Well, like, I think it was when Tom Cruise was jumping on the couch, but yeah. everybody it wasn't so like uh, Leah Remini hadn't like mm. made a documentary about how for disgusting sure, sure. and horrible it really was yet. It was yeah, like South Park had made that episode about it, so it was more of a like a humorous curio than a dangerous yeah. cult. <laughs> right? <laughs> they were like, "Isn't this funny?" And I was like, "No," but it was. That was that was the one line in this musical that they wrote for me. That was for me. Those are reference for me for me to find a little golden nugget. Ugh, 
so um, weird. And also, the man who marries, uh, who's marrying Farquaad and Fiona, is dressed similarly to the pulp. So I want to know if uh, this is a question: is uh, is Catholicism is Catholicism canonical in the Shrek universe? I yes or no? Wanna, we can't do, you do think- this. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot go down that road. And also, I like, what? And I, I will. Oh, I will say. The I was like, is the priest supposed to be? Is this like a princess bride bit? Like it seems very right. reminiscent of the princess bride priest. Um, yes. Very strange. Um, I will say, I do like the joke. Where so I do know because I I did see Shrek the Musical on Broadway as well, um, and I saw it on tour in Pittsburgh. Whatever. Oh, uh, that's where yeah. I that's where I first encountered the new dragon uh, and that new song. Um, either way, um, the, I do every night the the the. Farquaad gives a new name to the horse. Very so, funny. like, I remember I, when I went to see Shrek, the musical on Broadway, John Lithgow was there that night in the audience. And so when you get to that point, the horse came out, and Christopher Siebel was like, whoa there, Lithgow. And I was like, it was kind of cute and kind of... That so, was good. But I, I do like that he calls it Plastic Horse. I, I think I'm it's a funny. Su- I'm a sucker for that bit. Funny line. I think it's good. That kind of humor is really good to me. I'm like, and like yeah, when the horse backs up and it makes a beeping sound. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's good, good stuff. Good bit. And like also, because it's stuff we haven't seen before. It's not just replicating the script. Right. It's fresh. <laughs> it's fresh. It's new. It's like an onion. Finally. It's an onion. It has layers. Um, okay, but anyway, they sing I'm a Believer and then we buy our souvenirs and we go home. Uh, <laughs> a version of I'm a Believer. My God. It's a, it, that is not that long of a show it, and it has already had a finale number and then the, the post-finale number is so long. Well, I believe, so I, be, I, I, I believe it's, it's, uh, it's the curtain call. I think they, it's after bows, I'm pretty sure. I think it's post-bows. So if you want to leave, you can leave. But it's like, it's like, but you can't, you know? Because you're like, what do I, I have to see this out to the end. Yeah. And we, we are good patrons of the arts. We do not leave until the show is done. No. Unless you are morally offended by it. Sure. Um, I'm trying so to think that, if I've ever walked out of a show, and I don't think I have. I, there's one show I've walked out of, and I'm not going to bring it up on here. Um, and that's yeah, all I'll say. You don't need to. Um, secrets of the pod. I don't know. Subscribe to our Patreon for those juicy. Yeah, secrets. get that bonus content. You can learn <laughs> the one show Ben K's walked out of. I've only ever walked out of one movie, and it was the second Percy Jackson film. I was just very offended. I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You've got standards. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, you, you. It was brought up uh, previously. Shrek the Musical has actually had a really, in my opinion, a very fascinating life uh, post-Broadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been, from my estimation, huge in high schools. It has been a huge high school community theater uh, piece of performance. And I, it's really easy to see why. Yeah. It, it's got brand recognition. Mm-hmm. It's got a huge ensemble. With a mm-hmm. lot of juicy, fun ensemble roles, especially like we were talking about with those fairy tale creatures. And it's got some fun, juicy lead character roles. And especially with, I would say, with, sh- with and honestly, with all four of them, I don't think there's like a limit to like the, t- for the most part, there's not a limit to the type of actor that you could cast in those four 
lead roles. They they code Donkey as black just because he was played by Eddie Murphy in the film. So right. I think it would be weird if you cast a white actor as Donkey. A hundred percent. Um, they code certain things about Fiona and sort of her resemblance to like the stereotypical Disney princess. But Shrek is like an out and out character performance. Mm-hmm. Like it's perfect for a character actor. Same with Farquaad. I get why it's become a huge mainstay of like high school theater. And good yeah, and it's absolutely. a show up and I and first of all, good for Janine and David for getting oh, yeah. those them royalties. Raking that money. <laughs> Raking in the royalty checks. I good think on. again, like an, another weird like like Disney uh like combat, because I'm sure that the number of, of high schools that stopped doing Beauty and the Beast and started doing Shrek, like mm-hmm. One is one is clearly cheaper than the other, I'm sure. Hell yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's a lovely show about acceptance, even though there's a, some material that isn't great. The mm. show, in, inherently, the show is about acceptance. The show is about being yourself, yeah. letting your free flag fly, never take it down, never take it down, <laughs> raise it way up high, as David wrote. As David text. wrote. As David um, wrote, so it shall be. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's Shrek the Musical. I I don't think it's the worst musical we're going to cover on this podcast. And I think, oh. Lord knows what that's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be Shrek the Musical because there are some performance highlights. There are some song highlights. Um, but did it need to be written? I mean, that's, that's I think that's, that's going to be a big question with a lot of these. Like, can it exist outside of the shadow of its predecessor in for the in the example of like a little night music absolutely that musical exists outside of the realm of smiles of a summer night the ingmar bergman film and is able to exist shrek the musical is always shrek the musical it is nothing without its brand recognition it is forever tied to the film if you're doing shrek the musical it is because you like shrek the film that is not, I would not say that that is a negative value judgment against Shrek the Musical. No, I think it's just a fact. I don't think that you're going to be like, you know what? I found this musical. And it's then just, like it's months just the bag- later, it's, be like, it's a movie. It's the bag, I think this is the baggage that comes with the show. For better yeah. or for worse. Um. So that's, and that's, just, it's, it's something that we're going to come up against so often. It's sort of what, what is the legacy of a film? and how it is forever attached to the musical adaptation. I think Shrek is a perfect example of just like, it is like, it is, you cannot sever that tie. It is, it is nothing without its film. Um, and it just has to live with it. Yeah. And I think, I think as a product, it does. I think it's like, we know what we are and we know what you're here for. Yeah. And that's why we're going to make so many weird references and just like assume that you know what's going on. Yeah. So Bianca. If you could adapt a movie into a musical that hasn't been adapted already, what movie would you pick? I, the, okay. I shit you not. You sent me that email and I immediately wrote this answer down because I didn't want to forget. And I've thought about this over the last couple of days being like, do I want to change my answer? No, no. My first instinct was correct. The movie that I would adapt into a musical is Spy Kids. 
I'm going to take that bitch to the bank. Here's the thing. That movie is me. (laughs) If I could, if I could live inside of a movie, I would live inside of Spy Kids. That movie was a a seminal classic for, uh, for us Uh, as a bunch of, it's like, like, as like me. So I have two little brothers um, uh, and they're sort of, uh, uh, well, they're great. Um, But when that movie came out, I only had one little brother. Um, and so we were that family, like it was like the cool dad, the hot mom, and then like the annoying older sister and the annoying younger brother. And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, this is it. And you know, they're all brown and we're brown. And so it was like, "Mm." and I think that that movie as a musical would be awesome. First of all, you get some, you get, you get some good kids in those lead roles Mm -hmm. and you just, I mean, you just let them, you just let them wail. Uh, and then uh, imagine like bringing Floop onto the stage. I just think that that is in it, like the puppetry alone. Mm-hmm. How do you, yeah, those thumb people. It's going to be a, a wild The thumb thumbs. Incredible. I mean, I and they don't have to. Second. Yeah. It's so, mm, I think it just lends itself to that. I would I mean, love, I would, <laughs> I would love to watch Spy Kids the musical. <laughs> I mean, of course you pick Spy Kids. You're such a troublemaker. <laughs> I know. Well, of course, I would fix so, my kids, but I also think I also think it's fun. It's like a it's like a movie about like family and like not really knowing where you belong, and then like discovering um, who you are along the way. And I think like there's like a lot of opportunities for those like internal moments to be externalized through song. Yeah, and then maybe Antonio I, I, Banderas I wanna, will be in it. I want to say just for the record, my dumb joke was because Robert Rodriguez's a production company is called Troublemaker Studios. Um, so uh, that, that uh, also from Texas. Well, yes, yes. Right, yeah, that's where I was. Um, I don't know if Robert Rodriguez, any of Robert Rodriguez's films have been adapted for the stage. Um, I don't think there is an El Mariachi musical. I don't think there is a Sin City musical. Um, <laughs> there certainly isn't a Alita Battle Angel musical. Not yet. Not yet. But you've chosen Spy Kids. Great I Spy answer. Kids. Thank I you. It. Um, Robert Rodriguez's Spy Kids. Um, yes. Fascinating. That's a, that's a great answer. I am. Thank I am, you. We've, we're getting some. Oh, man, we're getting some good ones. Um, Bianca, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, I, <laughs> thank you for bringing us past the two hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. Here's the thing. People are, people are always like, sometimes people will be like, will you leave my podcast? And I always have to be like, yes, but I just need you to know that whatever time limit you have set for yourself, we will absolutely be going over because I don't know when to stop yep. talking um bianca i've already uh plugged your uh book crown noble that you can uh get through abundant poetry um and we have also uh plugged your animorphs blog uh <laughs> your blog yes. where you're covering the animorphs books uh is there yes. anything else that you would uh like to plug while you are here um i have two things if that's okay uh the first is um a a, a real play D podcast that i'm a part of that's dropping on the 15th which is the monday of uh when we're recording this but we'll probably already be out so february um, 15th is when it february will have 15th. dropped it will have dropped uh february 15th it's called the pod has been cast um it's very fun uh it's a sci-fi D podcast i play um a an android named heart. Um, and then, uh, the second thing is that, uh, don't at me, please. It's, uh, it's a new show. I'm very excited about. Um, I helped write it. Um, and it's being, um, it was written and, and is being performed by a bunch of really, really talented people called the slam fam ensemble. Um, and that drops on March 24th and you can get more details about it at my Instagram and at their Instagram as well. Uh, slam fam ensemble. 
Yeah. yeah. What a time. Um, what a time. Um, what a Shrek and good time. What a Shrek and good time. We got, we got. I'm going to go eat some apple strudel. God. Hell yeah. <laughs> Bring it Those back. Magic words. Bring it back. it back. Um, okay. And I want to, first off, as always, thank Brian Moorhead for producing and editing this show. I want to thank everyone who is listening to this for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, subscribe for future episodes. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie the Musical. And if you want to support the podcast and get some sweet bonus content, go to patreon.com slash Movie the Musical and consider becoming a monthly member. In a future episode, I say that I don't know what we're going to cover on the Patreon. I have decided definitively we are going to cover movie musicals on the Patreon. We are going to talk about... Uh, whether it's just me and Bran, or if we bring on a guest, we are going to talk about musical films. Yes. We'll be talking Cats. We'll be talking <sighs> Greatest greatest Showman. Oh we'll my god. We'll be talking all of those Golden Age nonsense things. It is, it is going to be a wild time uh, on the Patreon, and you need to become a monthly member for that sweet, sweet bonus content. Um, and to end off, Somebody! Oh, <laughs> All right, keep on singing, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>